And on today's episode of Spill the Tea with LLIB, we have the amazing Lucy Campbell. So Lucy, spill the tea on what the journey as a woman in business has been like for you so far. I don't know where to start. It's been a roller coaster. <laughs> it's been an absolutely crazy journey. Um, good days, bad days and everything in between. Um, when I first started um, being a party entertainer and I started Jumping Jacks, it was a very male-dominated industry. Yeah. Um, because when um, I used to do sessions with babies and toddlers and work with the children's centres and the show starts, before I was a party entertainer, people you, people used to say to me, oh, you'll be, you'll be good, like doing kids' parties. And I'd think, well, I'm not dressing as a clown. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be like the typical middle-aged DJ with a pint of beer yeah. behind the deck type of thing. So when I very first started doing parties, I was very much... Um, kind of it was all about the kids and having fun and me just going in my uniform that I went in for the sessions and getting props out like the parachute and balls and dance scarves and uh, I didn't even think about making money to be honest I'm yeah. not gonna lie it was just a hobby I just love working with kids and seeing the faces as cheesy as that sounds I, I didn't ever think oh I'm gonna start a business so it kind of I feel like I just started as a self-employed person doing fitness classes with kids and and um, dance classes with kids and sports-based classes with kids and parents. And then it just kind of evolved into an events business. But I never kind of went, do you know what? I'm going to start a business. I just found myself self-employed in a business. Yeah. <laughs> um, not kind of knowing what I was doing, not knowing that you had to have so many hats on and do accounts and uh, yeah. do marketing. I just the fun else. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought, oh, yeah, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, why not get paid for doing something I love? And then I was like, what am I doing here? I don't really know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey because it was just a hobby that I had. And, and I'm very lucky that I get to do that fun side. But sometimes doing the not so fun things can be quite hard. Yeah. Um, and we can all appreciate, can't we, how hard it is to run a business when you're not just one person. Yeah doing this one thing you've got to do so many different things in the business so that's I find it quite hard to juggle yeah um and being a mum and throughout the business having three kids um, (laughs) as well when did it when did it turn then from not being a hobby what what was was I was just literally I went I was a fitness instructor and I just like I came out of doing fitness classes but I want I always wanted to do stuff in the community more than work for a gym so I went to the show start and I was like, I love the community type of spirit, you know, of being in a community yeah. centre and and it being people that had never really done exercise before and just all having a laugh and having the banter that you have at the mm-hmm. ends and things of the class. I used to love it. And then um, I'd done sports coaching with kids and it was mainly with kids with additional needs and it was all about being inclusive. So my me, me main thing was that it was inclusive and everyone mm-hmm. could just have fun. And then it kind of turned when it, it was like, and um, one of the people in the, who used to come, Anne Marie, with the daughter care, said, "My daughter loves you. Will you do a party?" And I was like, "No, I'm not a clown. I'm not going to wear a silly <laughs> outfit. This is not happening." And she said, "No, just come as yourself, and we'll just have fun and and let's like, I'll give you fifty quid." And I was like, "Wow, fifty quid, loads of money. <laughs> Let, let's do this." So went to the Asda on Smithdown Road. And I bought a CD player for 50 quid. And I thought, yeah, this is boss. Like, so you this. had no profit immediately and were probably no, in a load of debt because you bought your and CD And it jumped player. all the way through because it didn't Welcome have an iPod business. Yeah, I'd done yeah. this party. It jumped all the way through doing the party. Oh, no. They didn't notice the kids were just having fun, but I thought, oh, they're going to complain. But Anne-Marie just loved it and care. 
loved it and it was just like really nice I got good mm. feedback and people were like oh because people like to go away and you've made yeah. people happy and then I thought I didn't I didn't realize when I'd done the sports and fitness the feel good factor would get after doing it yeah, yeah. I just kind of I, I went to do fitness instruction because when I'd had my daughter I was a bit lonely and I had a bit of postnatal depression and people said oh exercise would be really good and I had no one to mind her, so I literally enrolled at college so wow. I could learn to be a fitness instructor because no one would mind me door. So while I went to the gym, wow. so they put her in the college crash so I could do the fitness. That's that's why that's I joined. Amazing, that's it? why wow. I done that's it. Really we good. are ingenious, aren't we? Yeah, yeah we'll find a way. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, no one's going to mind. I'm yeah. a single parent at the time. I was a single parent and um, I just thought this is this is just really hard. And, and yeah. I, I just did that and it made me feel good doing the exercise. Yeah. And then I kind of wanted other people. That's why I went for the community work because I wanted to make other people happy because I knew what it was like. Like you just sometimes as yeah. a mum want to get out the house and meet other people and have an adult conversation that's not about Peppa Pig or something. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you just like find yourself like sitting watching telly and the kids have gone and you just want to find out how Peppa Pig ends. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I've seen this one before. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is a good one. This is like a really good lesson. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? Now we're just, uh, you need adult conversation. We have that conversation all the time on this show, especially with, with mums around and how we felt a little bit forced to go into being self-employed and having our own businesses. Like there was no other option around childcare for our children. So, no, that's a really... really... Well, I could take Emily to work with me because mm-hmm. it was mainly for the short start and community centres where they understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I always had that support network and I was lucky in that way because it was other mums and people in the same position as me that were like, we'll bring her with you. And I was lucky that Emily was just so well-behaved as well. She was yeah. such a lovely baby and I could take, even when she was three I'd take like little craft packs out with me and uh, she'd just be sat colouring in and everybody would be Aww. saying oh isn't she good and I think well if no offence to Ethan sorry Ethan if you're listening <laughs> but if it's had Ethan first that wouldn't have been happening because yeah. Jack and Emily there would be great. no business Ethan no <laughs> Ethan there'd be no business because Ethan was like a, a crazy like he uh, just used to run around like a, like yeah, a lunatic child. I love and that there'd be no way I could take him I to work that. with me I love that so can you share a pivotal moment or a challenge that you faced in your career that ultimately led to a valuable lesson um, or an insight uh, for your business journey. I know I hate to say the word COVID, but you've just got to do it, don't you? Because I, I can't think of anything worse than COVID for me. Because mm. and I, I think I did have a big pity party because for some people, they were having the greatest time like during yeah, COVID yeah, and, yeah. and some people were like, this is the best time and I've got to do this and do that and do me garden up. And for me, I was like, I'm not getting any help even though I'm in a limited company. I've got premises. I've got zero grants, mm. zero funding. Mm-hmm. I just thought, what, what everyone's saying, oh, well, you're getting this for free and that for free. And I was like, I'm getting nothing for free. I'm just hitting like brick walls. Yeah. So we had to sell a van, like just one of the vans. I was like, well, I'm going to have to do something sell a van what can I sell what can I do what can I change like to try and keep this business going because I still have to pay the rent and the insurances and and everything mm. else and we didn't know how long obviously it was going to yeah. last for so it could have been two years it could have been a couple of months yeah. and I'm thinking well I need to just look at each day at mm. a time so I think I learned to be adaptable and there was times where I just thought you know what I'm going to give these keys back to this business I've had enough mm. um and then like you sit there have your little five minute tantrum and then you're like hang on a minute 
I've got bills to pay and, pay and I've got kids who are looking up to me to, to be a good role model mm. and I've got to show them that like times are hard but mm. you've got to just pick yourself up and get on with it because yeah. you can't you can have the pity party but you can't live there do you know what I mean yeah. visit the party go home sort yourself out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah have a bit of cake yeah and then go. no time for we this we said that this yeah. morning didn't yeah. we we just said there's just no time and I know people talk about well-being and we talk about you know mental health and but sometimes you just haven't got the time to be out of the business or that becomes a bigger problem you taking three weeks off to you know regenerate you know um fill that cup up it's really hard because you are worrying about the business and if your foot isn't on go like constantly especially with a new business um it's really really hard isn't it to yeah. then go back to it and go oh my goodness me you know we haven't made no sales Exit, you know, Y and Z. It's it is. It's really difficult. So I'm glad you didn't stay in that party. Yeah, a party. I feel like I, I know you do. Like I felt parties. really empowered after, like, but a while after, it took mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. And then I don't know what day it was, but I just remember sitting there thinking, "Wow, I'm actually amazing. Look what I've done." Do you know, like, and I felt really yeah. proud of myself because I thought it was really difficult, and we were so lucky to still be in business. When you start looking at the positives mm-hmm. and thinking. So many of our friends in business went out of business yeah. and they're not fortunate enough to have come back from it. And we are still paying off debts and people think, oh, COVID's over, but we are still paying off debts. The business is doing really well. We're really busy, but a lot of that money is just going back on the debt still. Yeah. But I think I'm just fortunate that the business is still here and it didn't just, because I think if it had closed over something that I felt was out of my hands and it wasn't because I was running a bad business because it, mm-hmm. it was doing really well. We won an award just like a week before everything got shut down and we were getting some really big contracts for corporate jobs yeah, and yeah. we got book, a book on a St George's Hall and I was like oh St George's Hall I've always wanted to do an event God. there and and then it all got cancelled and I was like really yeah um but I think when you look back and think look I'm lucky I'm still in business because so many people were unfortunate mm. and they had to close the doors and I didn't so I've got to look at the positives otherwise like do you know, you yeah. can't just dwell on the negatives, can you, over no. it? Yeah. So you have given a lot of advice in that bit, but have you got any ad- any further advice for others going through similar situations? What would you say? Well, I always say that Emily, my daughter, who's very wise, like I think wiser than me sometimes, she always says, and I try and live by this every day, there's no problems, only solutions. So I kind of think, right, it's a problem. No, it's not. It's in my brain now, yeah. I think, no. I need to find the solution. Yeah. So I think the first thing you need to do is go address what the problem is, but go, right, this is a problem, but it's not where I'm going to stay. You've got to, there's some way out of it, you know? So sometimes you've just got to have a good think and there always is a solution. It might not be what you want to do. Like me selling a van, it's not ideal, but at the end of the day, you've just got to do what you've got to do to to solve the problem. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really great advice, isn't it? And I think sometimes we can't, find the solution by ourselves, which is why having a network of people um, also in business, you know, to help and being really open and transparent about the problems that you're having is really key um, because one mind, you know, can do a lot, but several minds gives you lots of different options, doesn't it, on different ways that you can potentially solve that problem that you might not have even thought about. Because when you're in the problem, kind of just get into this worry space don't you you know and in your mind goes down a rabbit hole of what if what if what if what if what if rather than okay this is the logical problem these are my possible options let's do pros and cons around that and I think sometimes when it's your own business 
it's very, very hard to be dispassionate about the business, isn't it? You know, because it's tied up with yeah. your heart and everything that you've poured into it over the last however many years. It's very hard to um, be logical about some of those solutions that need to happen when you're like, oh, but I love that yeah. van and that van marked, you know, us yeah, doing it. Yeah, names and the- as well, yeah, which is really like bad. You <laughs> really got to the van's names. We have Betty and Frank. Oh. Did we let go? <laughs> Betty. Betty. Betty, went. why the woman? Why? Yeah. Frank, Frank was bigger. Fair dues. Keep hold of Frank. Size does matter sometimes. I preferred the other van, but we had to get rid of the smaller one because we knew we couldn't live without it. Sorry, Betty. <laughs> Yeah, Goodbye, Betty. Betty. Yeah, yeah, that was quite sad. That was quite sad. That actually, yeah. but yeah. I feel like during COVID, most most women got a bit bigger, but yeah. not Betty. Yeah, Betty, Betty was too small. Yeah. Well done, oh, Betty. Bless. Okay, so um, building a successful business it often takes um, involves sorry taking calculated risks. Obviously, you've just shared quite a few risks that you you know, you decided to stay open, you decided to not stay open, but continue with business moving through even after COVID, which was, you know, a big risk for the entertainment world. Could you share a specific risk that you took that paid off and tell us the steps that you took to, um, to, to, yeah, whatever that, whatever yeah. that question, <laughs> the end of that question was. Well, basically <laughs> we're doing the events. Obviously it starts off as like baby and toddler sessions yeah. and then kids classes and it kind of evolved into parties and events and decor and balloons and, mm-hmm. and you can go on and on and on with events. So mm-hmm. you do have to draw the line somewhere. But for me, um, the main thing was uh, that there was a big risk for me was when I started doing the balloons, when I found out some of the risks with helium balloons, yeah. it was making the decision going back about four or five years ago to stop using helium because it was a really big profit thing for us. But morally, I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So we had to kind of look and go. Um, and obviously there's shortages mm. now, so people are stopping for different reasons. But mm-hmm. I felt like I, I couldn't justify doing balloons for someone's event and then them all going outside and releasing the balloons because uh, it was a fun thing to do and not realising that it could harm yeah, birds and things if they come down and they, they land in lakes or birds eat them or animals eat them and they could die. And, and people inhaling helium can be quite dangerous. Um, it actually suffocates your voice box wow. and that's why your voice goes squeaky and once I realised that you could actually die immediately from doing that oh god uh, and a lot of people don't realise that if your kid inhales helium or an adult inhales helium that is actually suffocating your voice box and you could die immediately you can have a fit you can die and that's it um, and then I was in parties and doing proms and things and kids are like, oh, let's suck the helium. It's fun. Our voices go all squeaky. And I was thinking, what if a child dies? And I, I know that sounds dramatic and it could be a very rare thing. If a child died because of me or an animal died because of me or my balloon done that, I just couldn't live with myself. And yeah. I thought it, it, I, I'm just not doing helium anymore. I can't, I, I was panicking too much and mm. thinking about the consequences mm. a lot. And I thought, you know what? A lot of people don't think of balloons as being eco-friendly, but we use natural rubber latex biodegradable balloons. They the biodegrade two to six years, depending on the brand. You need to cut them up and things like that. Um, I don't use confetti anymore. The glitter we use for glitter tattoos and parties is eco-friendly biodegradable glitter. And so we try and be as eco-friendly as we can. So 
when I first stopped doing it, I was like, what have I done? I've literally just cut out, because a lot of people are doing air filled now, but they weren't mm. then. And I just kind of went, no. And then people were messaging me, oh, can I do, can I have 10 table clusters like a, that you get normally at a christening? And I was like, oh no, I'm doing this different type of air filled thing on a stand and people hadn't seen it. So they yeah. didn't really want to commit to having mm. something different, but I was trying to explain it without sounding like I was I like trying to give better. someone an education. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I personally do think they I look better. Do. Yeah. They're more fun more to me. They're yeah. more fun. You can do something a bit more like detailed and personal. Mm. You can personalise them and, and you can make them match any theme or colour mm. scheme. I, I love doing the, the air filled stuff. I can be more creative. Mm. But as well, I haven't got the um the thoughts of the consequences of the the helium balloons. I love animals as well. So um I'm quite an outdoorsy type of person. Like I go to Wales a lot mm. and walking and and the thought that like it, it's just litter, do you know, yeah. as well. Yeah. It can cause fires as well if certain like balloons and ribbons come down on um like electrical lines and things like that. It can actually cause fires and stuff. So the more I read into it, I thought once you know something, you can't unknow it. Yeah, I was just gonna say exactly the same. We- once you know something, you you have a decision to make, don't you, based on that knowledge? Yeah, and it, I did mm. literally cut off so many jobs and I was here mm. and work away left, right and centre and I was thinking, I was on the right thing and I thought, well, your business is your business and some people will be happy making money, mm. just making money without mm. any thought about it. You know, it depends on what type of person yeah, you are. 100%. Whereas I thought, no, this, this is something that I'm passionate about and it doesn't matter that it makes money. Yeah. If, if I don't feel right doing it, I can't do it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that was a big, big decision. <laughs> yeah. So can you share three tips within your niche that you know will support any woman in business who's watching this episode today? Um, one of my big ones was when I, when I first started in business and you obviously you're looking at your competition, aren't you going, oh, they're doing this and they're doing that. And it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole of, oh, I should be doing that because so-and-so's yeah. doing that and I should be doing this because so-and-so. But I think I don't even look anymore. If things pop up on my Facebook or Instagram, obviously I see them, but I just don't go looking for it. I think, do you know what? I need to think about what I want to do yeah. and what makes me different because it's it's like with parties and events when people say to me, oh, they're charging 250 or for whatever it is and, oh, can you do it for that price? It's the same, they're doing this, that and the other. They might be doing the same games or the same dances or but it's not the same because you'll have your own little quirks and your yeah. experience and you might use more expensive equipment. So mm. I think it's just standing your ground of going, do you know what? What do I want to do? What makes me different if I'm doing a lot? A lot of mm. businesses are in the same industry, so they're doing the same of just doing little things that are, make you stand out and make you a little bit different. Mm. Um, not looking at what other people are doing and feeling like you've got to keep up with them. Mm. Just stay in your own lane and yeah. and do what you what make what you're confident with. Because if you're not confident doing something, it's going to come across anyway. Yeah, and it's not going to be genuine if you start going, "I'm doing that because they're doing it," and not because you're passionate about it. Um, so probably just like stay staying with what you're confident with looking at what your strengths mm. are that make you a little bit different or stand out from other people um, and making sure you stick with your marketing because I see loads of businesses as well that think business is going to come to them and it doesn't. It's yeah. not easy just because you see someone's busy. It that, That's got nothing to do with anything. You have to like almost be like a stalker, like annoying people every day. Mm. Like, yeah. hi, I'm here again. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, because especially with algorithms and stuff, you just don't know what people are mm. seeing. So... You just have to make sure you don't, you, you're talking about your business all the time. Mm. It might annoy people, but at the end of the day, mm. it, it's the only way you can let people know. I don't think yeah. it's annoying people. I think at the end of the day, people are spending less time, you know, off, more time off social media than on social media. Um, and I think, 
you know, you might post five times a day, but your ideal client may only see one of those posts yeah. because of Instagram and, you know, TikTok and the algorithm and what they are a business at the end of the day. So they've got their own ways of doing things. Um, so no, I love that. Stay, stay in your own lane and focus on your marketing. You know, even you don't have to be there, schedule things to go out, you know, but your business has always got to be running in the background. And um, that's why it's really important to learn about the marketing that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, because you mm. could have the best business in the world, but if nobody knows about it, then you, you're yeah. not going to be able to run your business yeah. at um, all. Yeah. And I think one big thing that you guys always say, and I always like stick with this all the time, I think I shout it from the rooftops mm. I'm like not everyone is your customer yeah. yeah that's a main lesson I've learned and I've not even though I've been in business years and years I feel like I've really learned this the last few years mm. um because you're not it's never too late to learn new skills is it oh, in business no, I think you have to learn it's evolving all the time. and learning all the time but I think I used to feel like every customer's got to be my customer and they've got to book with me mm. and now I feel like maybe that not that person's not right mm. for me and yeah and maybe I'm not yeah. right for them and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe they need yeah. a different events company and they've got a different mm-hmm. vision, you know, like and someone else can mm-hmm. can uh, can complete that vision better than I can. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not gonna beat myself up. You just yeah. don't get on and in in the way that what they've got in their heads yeah. and what you've got in yours just doesn't line up and that's fine. I think yeah. I'm I've I've come to peace with it where I'm like, that's that's fine. I love that. Yeah, me too. I have a big vision, Lucy. A really big vision of a world where people make tea correctly. Yeah. Um, it's a it's something I'm really passionate about. It could be a business. Yeah. yeah. Could but be but business. you should really stay in your own lane. And though. I do stay in my own lane with it. I'm very much in my own lane. I'm very, yeah, very clear on the mission um and the and the, the job in front of me. So um, we have this closing tradition, Lucy, which is all around how you make the perfect cup of tea. Um Right. Yeah. So, so before Cal leads you into anything, I will not lead with any question. <laughs> or Tell us how else. you would make the perfect cup of tea. A perfect cup of Don't tea. Don't want to offend anyone here, but it's got to be Yorkshire tea. Yes. It's got to be Yorkshire tea. I get the double strength tea bags as well. Oh, double strength. Yeah, they're like two cups in one because I like mm-hmm. a nice strong cup of tea. One that so you is can that a thing? Trot your donkey on. Yeah. <laughs> so I like a nice strong cup of tea. Pour the water in. Leave it for a bit, go yeah. off and do something, but not too long. Yeah, we're like, on so, double strength. You know, yeah, you we like to multitask us women yeah. in business. Oh, yeah, so we do. maybe send yeah. a couple of emails. We do. Yeah. I never just stand there waiting. There's never, Dave does, my husband, yeah. just so you can hear yeah. this while he's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, you can do emails and other things at the same time, you know. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you, um, I send a couple of emails, message Emily or like one of the kids, come back to it. Don't squeeze the tea bag too much. It goes bitter. This is very, very intricate, by the way, yeah, but it's to make yeah. the perfect cup of tea. Take so your tea bag don't out. Don't give the tea bag I Don't a squeeze hug. it too much, no. just a little bit so it doesn't drip. Okay. Yeah. yeah, or you get like a bit of a bitter twang in your cup okay. of tea. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. Take yeah. your tea bag out, put it in the bin, yeah. put your milk in. Don't put your milk in first. Definitely not. No putting <laughs> your milk in first. If you put your milk in first, you've just destroyed your cup of tea. Exactly, Lucy. I know. I, love, I do love you, Claire, but oh. you just don't. You don't do yeah. that. You just don't do that. There's just, there's just a way, isn't there? There is a way, isn't yeah. there? And there's yeah. a right way and there's a wrong way. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So, but you both would drink it, wouldn't you? You would drink it. You would drink. I'll a still cup drink of tea. it. Yeah. But it'll taste nicer if it's yeah. done right. Yeah. 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 
There's okay. only the pro. I mean, the question was, how do you make a proper cup of a tea? A proper cup of tea. And, and that was how you I'll do it. Oh, don't get me wrong. If anyone says to me, how do you like your tea? I'll drink it however it comes. I'm just grateful I got made one. <laughs> Especially if we're, in a, if we're in a party or something yeah. and someone ever goes to me, oh, do you want a cup? And I think I ran out like a lunatic this morning so yeah. the kids outside, yeah. you know, I haven't even had a cup yeah. or any breakfast. And someone goes, do you want a cup? How do you like it? I'm like, however it comes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll drink it however it comes. I'm just grateful someone's up the time yeah. to make it. But if I make it, mm. I'll I'll make it properly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And on that Love you, Claire. And on that happy note, <laughs> how are you enjoying your cups of teas this morning? Ooh. Um which one of us made the? Ooh. Oh. Give it a taste. You made it, didn't you? I did, yeah. No, she didn't. <laughs> I made it. So there you go, everybody. The best way to make a cup of tea, even though people don't like to agree, is to leave your tea bag in with your milk. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy, for being an amazing guest. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for Yay! having me. Thank you.